0: Hey everybody, Jim Salmons here, and welcome to the Kayak Fishing Show Live, as always, brought to you by all these awesome sponsors, scrolling across the bottom there, in particular today by our friends at Yak Attack, because they're going to be on the show with us and uh, showing us some cool stuff we've been talking about it all for the last couple of weeks. So uh, we're going to be giving away one of the Black Pack Pros and get all the insight on those from our good buddy, John Hipshire. But of course... We are here every Tuesday and Thursday airing old episodes of the Kayak Fishing Show. Uh, Every Tuesday we air the Jackson Kayak years. And on Thursdays, like today, we air the old stuff from Ocean Kayak. Uh, This is a pretty cool episode. This is actually part one of two uh, where we went up to the Fraser River and targeted these monster sturgeon and this was before people were really doing it and on such a big heavy river so we had a lot to learn to figure out how to do it how to do it safely so uh it, it's kind of a cool episode in that way just watching the whole learning curve on how we uh, how we figured it out and ended up getting some pretty massive fish so uh like i said we're going to be doing a giveaway uh thanks to uh john and luther over at yak attack now to be eligible to win this black pack. We need you to participate and help us out. So what you're gonna need to do, share the show. Check it out right down below me here. Uh, Share the show, then comment, hashtag I shared it. That'll put it into our wonderful little tool over here. It'll see that you said that and that you shared it. And then we're gonna randomly select a winner. Uh, generally speaking, I like to do this 24 hours after the show, because that gives people who are maybe watching it on the replay a chance to win as well. Because I know not everybody has, a, has the time to watch it while we're live, and I want to give everybody the chance to win. So uh, if you're watching it live or on the replay, type in hashtag I shared it for your chance to win. Of course, you need to share it also. And um, but uh, we want to have everybody have that opportunity and because that's from our good friends at yakattack.com. So uh, i got a people, couple of people checking in. Let me say hello. Um, so this is what it looks like when you share it. You can see, because I did a practice one, to see how it was working. Uh, our good friend, Jean Wilson, team mom at Jackson Kayak. She is always here, always help us out. Uh, and I always appreciate you, Jean. So here's... Uh, Facebook user says, let's go. So Facebook user uh, is watching on the kayak fishing group page. Now, if you're watching on the group page up at the top underneath the description of the broadcast, it will say hit this link. So giving StreamYard permission to use your name in the broadcast. Otherwise, um, we don't know who you are, but I do appreciate you watching. Uh, Eric, watching from Lake Wiley in South Carolina. Thanks for joining us. Scott Brands from Colorado, and Scott Brands already hashtag, I shared it. Thank you so much, man. That's awesome, and so is Gene. So we want to see a whole bunch more of those, so everybody has a chance to win. Kent, thanks for joining us and sharing. James, this is awesome. Uh, Craig, see, you said shared the show. That's not going to work. You have to put in hashtag, I shared it and that will, that will get picked up because it is a tool we use that'll pick up that text. Um, James says, I swapped over to YouTube, so we're good. Awesome. I do appreciate you all uh, that are doing that and continue to do that. Remember, if you are watching this, whether it's live now or in the replay, you will have a chance to win if you share it and then send us that message, I shared it. Awesome. So with no further ado, I got my good buddy, John Hipshire. What's going on, man?
1: What's up, man? Thanks for having me tonight.
0: Hey, there's two of me on screen.
1: <laughs> I, I always make sure to use the classic backdrop. So it's, it's fitting. It's fitting. So, you know, Dude, I you know guys we're... Have been,
0: you guys have been so busy um, with this. And I, I know it's funny because people I, I have make the comment. It's just a box. But... It, once you get in into this thing and start playing with it you realize there's so much more going on and it, it's such a, a a cool thing and I know it, it making the parts and the machining and all this to make these things is not simple
1: it was it was a long process but it's also been one that I think it's like a it, long story short you know like the original black pack I mean it was the first hard-sided crate to market that you know, took, you know, what was a milk crate because, you know, you come from that realm of it was, you had the DIY, you had to, you had, you were going right. fishing and there was not a whole lot of products to be able to go out there and do it. So, you know, basically the milk crate was, you know, what started, but it was, it was the first kind of hard sided product that really elevated that and took that to a little bit of a different level that turned it into, you know, a tackle, you know, optimization storage piece, but also tied in, you know, your rods and then even more. So, um, you know, even from this perspective, that you know, I think this product. I mean, I mean, literally, at least we've been talking about it for a long time. I mean, I think I'm pushing about you know seven and a half years now uh, with the Act Attack, and I remember the first trade show that me and Luther went to, we picked up we picked up another molded product, and you know, it was just injection molded, and we were like, I think we can make a black pack because we were just getting started making our own molds, just getting kicked up with our own injection molding, you know, team and technology, and it's cool because we we literally have had you know, a brand new machine, I think it's the only one in the country, we had the technicians out a couple of weeks ago, um, before the first launch, uh, the first size, and they're like, this is the biggest one we've seen from this brand, I think this is the only one that exists as far as the injection molding machine, so it's pretty cool to see, you know, a nice program robot that, you know, picks up the part, you know, shoots through the top and puts it on a conveyor belt, and it just, you have like all these panels and tops and sides popping out, and, you know, it's, it's really, I think, kind of a next phase of Yak Attack. But, um, you know, all in all, I think you're talking 15 different molds, you know, that I don't even want to know how many pounds of aluminum, you know, whether that's, you know, 15 molds pushing, you know, 800 pounds, you know, 600 pounds of solid aluminum just to pump those out that, I mean, these panel, panel molds are the sizes like this, this, this whole entire, you know, podium. So it's a, it was a gigantic orchestrated piece to get this across the board. But, you know, talking with Luther yesterday, he kind of popped in my office and he's like, he's like, you know, the really kind of the vibe and the relationship that we have between, you know, me and Luther our, our designer, Joey, that he's like, dude, this is the most fun I've had with this job in a long time, you know, so it's, because that, that's what he enjoys. I mean, he enjoys the product design and, you know, creating and kind of what we've even kind of internally have started to state, you know, kind of revising like a kind of a mission statement. And what we do is like, you know, we're, our goal is to create, you know, tomorrow's norms now, you know, so I think this product, you know, we've had, 10 plus years of selling the original, you know, I, I was personally, I mean, I was a consumer before I managed a dealer and then I've been on this side for seven and a half years. So I've, I've seen every side of, you know, I like the black pack. I don't like the black pack. You should change this about the black pack. So right. kind of a mix of listening and being a user. I mean, like literally my first black pack, I, I don't know if you were there that year, but I, I won it at the, uh, the Jackson kayak dealer summit. I don't even know what year it was, maybe 20, 2011, <laughs> <Really? laughs> 2011 that, um, I think Drew Gregory grabbed, he, he pulled the, um, you know, the number out and Luther gave it to me. And I was a dealer at the time, but I mean, I, I've literally had that one since 20, you know, pushing 10 years now. So um, we, we took what our dealers said, you know, what the community, you know, their request and the feedback of what they wanted. And I think we met those expectations. And then we added a whole bunch of features that no one really saw coming or no one expected. Or, and and so the reception has been fantastic. So, you know, the one behind me was kind of the middle size, that was based off that classic black pack, kind of that thirteen by sixteen, kind of that not necessarily that you know original milk crate, kind of the elongated milk crate style, size that, that kind of you know happened you know a number of years ago and became popularized. But you know you have a number of boats that were kind of optimized for that size, you know like the SS one twenty seven or some some Wildey boats that were strictly designed for that elongated right. you know classic crate design. Um, so what we're going to give away tonight, um, essentially, you know from this video is going to be the, the larger version, you know, the 16 by 16 version that um, it, it was kind of that light bulb moment when designing this project, you know, that essentially we were talking about how we we're going to make these panels. And I had this explosion in my brain that said like, well, if we do this, we can have three sizes, you know, because we have a 13 inch panel and a 16 inch panel on the other side. If We did something a certain way and made one side male, one side female. I could, I could potentially have three different crates to the market, you know, with three different sizes that cater to totally different people or totally different boats you know you got the you know really the 16 by 16 was really deemed you know the the, really the crate that was you know optimized for the 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 pro angler crowd or the tight crowd right right. but when we started putting it in, in kayaks we were like this this thing's gonna work in a lot of different boats you know it i think out of the like 25 kayaks we had you know in our warehouse i mean i think it fit 75 you know 70 to 75 percent of them you know you just got to orientate the rod holders you know certain ways but um it was interesting to see the variety of boats that it fit in so i think that it's almost pick your own style you know pick your style whether like i think that the classic size that i'm going to use there is more of my maybe my river black pack. you know a little bit more stripped down you know a little bit more i suppose you know i know you know smallmouth are there you know, they're a little more predictable fish than i think you know me lake fishing um, I typically take everything in the kitchen sink when fishing right. in body of water. So <laughs> like many I'm, of us do, I think I'm gonna be rocking the larger 16 by 16, uh, fish and lakes just to have, I, I take just an absurd amount of soft plastics and, you know, too much other, you know, tackle. So, um, it's, it's been fun. It, it's been fun to watch the reception of, I think a product that really almost kind of helped make, you know, and helped create a product category. Um, and to see it kind of come full circle and, and we knew it was overdue, so I've been excited to see we're sitting on maybe about three and a half weeks, about four weeks of the first size kind of hitting hitting dealer stores and 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 hitting you know customers' boats. And, and so it's been a fantastic reception thus far.
0: That's yeah, awesome. So once again, I want to remind people, and I'll just gonna keep popping this up because I want everybody to have the opportunity to win. We are gonna give away one of these 16 by 16 black packs. You do need to share the broadcast, you need to share the show, and then put in the comments, hashtag I shared it your chance to win and we're going to give you 24 hours so people are watching live or are watching on the replay have a chance to win so make sure you do that help us out um so john i'm just looking at the one behind you and it just it, it just interests me so much because i mean it, if you've been watching my page they've seen that i've posted up pictures of the black pack and i've had different orientations of how i've rigged it now i'm looking at that one how you've got the rod holders much higher yeah. um it's just like, hey, maybe I should have done that with a couple of mine. Put two of them high and two of them low. Um, it, it's that's the thing. It's like, and I have moved things around, and I haven't had to drill any holes. You know, uh, there's no holes going all the way through that thing. Uh, so it's it's so easy to rearrange it and keep playing with it and 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 that sort of thing. Um, and that's the design of that grid pattern you put on there, right?
1: Yeah, basically what we're calling um, really our gridlock 2D mounting platform. And I mean, it's funny. I, I, we don't specifically put a time frame on our design process. You know, I, I couldn't honestly imagine, you know, setting a specific week or time when we have to be done with it because there's so much juice that we get at the last little 20% of our design process that, you know, looking at everything else that existed or even, you know, our original designs, we basically had a through hole and a nut pocket on the underside or the back side of it. But when you do that, like if I put rod holders covering the, the total outside of the crate, I, then maybe my holes on the inside are totally utilized. So what we have is basically a series of holes, um, screw bosses, essentially. You know, it's, it's how you know gear track on a number of brands of kayaks is attached. You know, you see screw bosses and tons and tons of you know other injection molded consumer goods. And so, if, let's say I put screws in a hundred percent of the holes. You know, the screw bosses on the outside. I still have the entire inside that, you know, as we develop, you know, whether it's, you know, dividers and unique accessories for the inside of the crate, you can still use it, you know? So. Well, yeah. And that
0: that brings up a great point because I I just saw the other day where somebody had set theirs up by using those screw bosses and putting um, little retainers yeah. On the inside, on the, on the bottom side of the lid. So they were hanging tools and other stuff up underneath the lid. And, and so, I hadn't yeah. I hadn't thought of that. You know, it's yeah. just like, it's awesome.
1: And and we're working on a number of accessories. You know, that's kind of our goal is, you know, we want to design really a nice accessory line around the black pack. Uh, but I did see the customer, that I think he took some pad eyes and some J-hooks and he looked at it and was like, this actually fits this inch and a half hole pattern and um, he, he created a cool little bungee system for, you know, some pliers and, you know, bugger grips or whatever. So yeah. it's it pretty cool to see, see, you know, to see do that. And, and part of this too is, you know, we'll, we're going to start pumping out now that we got the 16 by 16 coming, you know, very quickly, um, you know, within the next couple of days, um, we'll do a nice overview video of, you know, the black pack top to bottom. What's different from the classic, you know, what's the improvements and like what's totally fresh, you know, what's totally new. But also I'll probably do kind of a tether tube, specific video because that's the beauty of that gridlock that you've got kind of a, a regular standardized, you know, position that uh, is just, it's what was offered with the classic black pack. Um, But when we kind of redesigned the tubes, we knew, you know, the original rod tube you're using just had two standoffs, you know, so you, you kind of had one position down, kind of what we called the high and dry position. And I I don't know if I ever saw you in a tuna, but I I mean, I I used to paddle a big tuna a lot solo, and when you had it solo, you kind of had to use where the back seat was as your tank well. And it had a big ridge down the middle. So your black pack kind of just sat there and teetered. But if you if you take those tether tubes and you take them down all the way, the black pack actually sits on those tether tubes. So if you have a boat that just has a really wet tank well, maybe you have so much gear in the back, but, you know, as with that big tuna, I was able to get that black pack off the deck and, and over that ridge. So it's sitting on the tether tubes. So you can go from the extreme opposite that in that situation, it might be great for you kind of coming from the saltwater perspective of, you know, having rods with a little bit of a longer rod butt. So then you can have that reel actually engage with the opening of that tether tube. So it's not just sitting there pivoting on the end of the rod, butt in your tank wall all day. So, you know, you can go from that positioning to the, the regular one, or even down to, to get that black pack off the, the, the base of that tank. Well, so there's, there's a lot of unique and cool parts about it. So it, it's kind of like you said, like we, everyone that has had the classic black pack for a number of years, you know, would all, we keep sending me photos, whether they're good, you know, friends or team guys or, you know, industry, you know, you know, contacts and friends that I've had for a number of years, they, they kept sending me, you know, over and over they would find little bitty, you know, Easter eggs and nuggets. They were like, dude, this is, this is top notch. So, you know, I've, I'm pretty excited with the finished product and you know i think it's one that we can really you know grow on as far as a cool accessory line
0: and everything i mean top to bottom is new on this thing right i mean the rod holders you had to design specifically for it the handles um er everything about it is um is all new and you keep talking about the tether tubes um can you grab one do you have one close enough that you can grab and actually so you know exactly what you're talking about Cause it's a pretty cool feature. You know, we always say when, uh, when you're out kayak fishing is you rig to flip. And, um, I've never been a fan of having leashes on my rods, but having something like this just to keep it in the rod holder is pretty sweet.
1: And something too, like, I mean, I've, I've turned a kayak twice. Uh, one time I, I think I, I played 18 holes of golf that morning. I probably shouldn't <laughs> have gone fishing, <laughs> but I was just, I was fly fishing was getting something out of the back. I don't know. I was just dumb. But I mean, there's other times where you just, you might, I know a bunch of guys that drop a rod and they try to grab it real quick and they just throw a bunch of body weight over. Um, it was even, honestly, it was fairly recent. I, I'm going to admit it. But we were down in, um, you know, I, I think near Miami fishing peacock bass a, a couple months ago. And I was in an unnamed boat that I hadn't been in in a long time. And I had about a five pound bass, you know, and we had a, the, the guide was a photographer and I was long arming it, you know, doing a cool shot coming out of the water with, so it's just dripping full, you know, dripping with water. And it was just a cool shot. And I was so stretched over that boat that I was just so used to, you know, certain vessels that have a lot of stability, but um, I almost flipped that thing. I didn't, I saved it. <laughs> I saved that one. But, um, but also from the perspective of like even, you know, our, our designer, Joey, it was one of, the, I don't know, maybe the last time that me and him fished one of our local honey holes, you know, kind of our big bass factories. That's just a lot of flooded, a lot of flooded timber, a lot of overhanging trees that you might not flip, but just having that extra security because sometimes you just don't hear that, that rod come out of that tube that snags on that tree to where a lot of guys fish in rivers or if you're just on a body of water, you know, something like, you know, Caddo down, you know, in Louisiana, Texas, where it was just nothing but that heavy, thick cypress, of if you have some rod to or some rod holders up, you know, or rods in a vertical orientation, you know, having this to where like on a, a casting rod, just hook it right on the rod blank. You know, it makes it super easy to where get it nice and quick, pull it off, and then it it positions and stays right there. But um, it's one of those pieces that you know, looking at kind of a value proposition of a product that you know, the original black pack was, you know, I think it was $130 retail, you know, came with three tubes, you know, no hinges nothing like it. So, you know, with the same size, 13 by 16, I and mean, you're getting, you know, you're getting four of these tether tubes. Each one of them gets, you know, that rod leash built right in. So if, if you're someone that has bought or wanted to buy some additional rod leashes, you know, you add in some of that basic stuff and, and the values there. So, um, you know, I was really happy with overall what we were able to include um, with this black pack with that finished product at that price.
0: Yeah. And, the ability to uh, secure it in different ways. I know you have it comes with the corner uh, tie downs and that which I didn't use. um, But because for the boat that I'm going to use this one on, but on my other one, I will I will use that. that, And those are go to work with the bungee that's already in your boat. The little things like the handle, just having that little slot in it, big enough for the your one inch. um, I have one sitting here so I can just your oh here. Your uh, your old one inch cam strap, you know, and it goes through there, and that's how I'm going to be securing that one onto the back of my Blue Sky. So I think, and I think it's this way with with all Yak Attack stuff over the years. It's just like just all the little details, you know. And because you're, and I, this is is so important. It's because you guys are all end users. It's not it's not just somebody making product. You guys are all users of the product,
1: and that's big. Like to me, like I. I can't fathom kind of coming from a different direction or having some contract designers, you know, me and Joey and Luther, we, we live this product. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've, this has been my life for pushing a little, I mean, it's not as much as you, but I mean, about 12 years has been nothing but growing kayak fishing. I mean, that has been my drive and my passion to grow this sport for the, you know, over the past decade that um seeing something like this. Like I've, I've heard every objection from every single type of customer, whether it's, you Know someone like a bass pro, whether it's a mom and pop, you know, little, you know, paddle sports store, whether it's in consumer, we've you know, I've I've filed that one away in my brain of they're like, well, we want to change this or we want we want to see this on this product. And I, I don't know. I it's one of those, you know, that my main objective, at least in my, my role at Yakutak is you know, marketing, but marketing's not just advertising, that's a chunk, you know, it's it's you know, developing the right product is is part of what I do. Um, so, you know, the team that we've developed here, me and Joy and Luther, we really work good, do each, you know, very, very well with each other that we all have kind of a different approach of how we think about things. And so identifying every little piece, you know, and one that we were on the fence with because we, we, we basically pulled, you know, our entire pro team, about 150 guys. And I posed the question, if you could have more rod tubes, would you do away with the handle? And it was almost unanimous. I mean, maybe ninety-eight percent of them said yes. Yeah, I want more rod tubes. But originally, we we hadn't really fully developed the tether tube because if you're using it, if you're using a spinning rod, you, you really need to go around the rod blank and have something to hook to. You right. know, whether so that didn't really exist. So at that time, you know, the tether tube was a little bit more of just a, you know a cylinder that was about you know a good closed grip size. So a lot of the guys were like, yeah, dude, I just grabbed my backpack, you know, buy um, the rod tubes. But once we started to really come out with our kind of our final prototypes and get these tether tubes in some production shape and start putting them on the packs, we were like, ah, the ribs kind of created a little bit of a hindrance to where we knew at that point in time, we were like, all right, we've got to go forward with one of our designs that we liked, um, for the carry handles. Um, but looking even deeper, you know, there's some, there's some models I know of a new model that's going to come out here pretty soon. Um, but also like the whole new canoe line, those entire, that entire owner base, doesn't have bungee around their tank well, you know, so having basically that slot that you see, you know, like you were talking about with that one inch, you know, flat webbing strap that that customer base needs the ability to be able to secure, you know, uh, their, their pack Pro within that. So, you know, two, you know, track mounted tie downs, or I think even New Canoe, um potentially even sells, you know, a track mount kit with, you know, the pack that they were selling, but having that slot, you know, it's, to me, like I struggled, not thinking of all the details, like those little details are the things that eat me. So coming from a consumer perspective of seeing it, you know, how it's going to be used and where it's going to be used, you know, understanding all the little details to me is just, it's part of the DNA and understanding or full, you know, value of, you know, how we develop products at Yakitech.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just, just for instance, the, um, the old black pack, which lives in my sprinter van, um, it has its cup holder. It sits between my seats. Um, but I used to pick that thing up by the the lip inside the top, right? Because it had a lip and you'd pick it up that way. And when we, we were having that discussion on whether there should be handles or not, I was definitely one who said handles uh, because it, it is nice. And it, it and then the fact that you guys did it in such a way that, you know, like I said, you can use that as a tie down. Is uh is so nice. We have a couple of uh comments and questions on here, but before I get to them, I'm just gonna say it one more time. If you want a chance to win a 16 by 16 Yak Attack Black Pack Pro, share this video and then comment hashtag I shared it. So just like I have it there on the screen, hashtag I
1: shared it for your chance to win. And then one cool. thing we'll do too is You know, since this guy had, you know, eight rod tubes, this was going to be the 13 by 16. But with that bigger 16 by 16, we'll just throw in two extra rod tubes. So you could rock it exactly like this if you'd want. So you can you can have eight total tether tubes. And that just gives you a whole bunch of options how you want to mount those. So, you know, for that winner, we'll go ahead and add those two extra tether tubes.
0: So before we get to the the questions comments, um, so is the sixteen by
1: sixteen going to come with six? So it comes with six. Yeah. Okay. It comes with six. So we'll we'll do two more to give you a total of eight, which is my just personal preference with how I like setting up my blackbacks.
0: And for the the people like me, like uh, we you know if people saw I put the one on the side of mine at an angle, uh, it's not a perfect fit, but I did make it work. Um, if uh, are the are the Tether tubes going to be available separately yep. for people who want to add more.
2: Yep. So
1: every size comes with, you know, a certain you know amount of them. So like the smaller 13 by 13 only comes with three tether tubes. Uh, this size, the 13 by 16 only comes with four uh, and then six for the large one. But yeah, we sell the tether tubes in single packs and also two packs. Um, so if you want to add those, uh, but then even kind of to your point, we uh, we haven't fully, fully pursued it. Um, but that angled rod holder position is probably going to be an add on accessory. Um, that just looking at the footprint, you could probably maybe only get two on there. Um, but that's something we're going to work on is, is a nice angled kit for that, for, you know, the guys that are fishing the river that really love to have an angled rod rod tube, but also angling that rod tube, you know, in a river, it makes it even easier to pull out. So that's where that tether tube hook comes even right. Right. For sure.
0: And like I said, I mean, I've got mine there, facing forward to me because that's i'm gonna i have my gaff in it uh and i could see where people could maybe use it for a net or or other types of tools not just for the rods that's pretty cool because i Uh, know like
1: the like the big swim bait dudes that are just hucking big giant musky rods and swim bait rods like they don't want a lot of rods vertical you know they want them a little bit you know more horizontally so you know i've talked to a couple anglers that are like dude i really want to get those rods down i like having at least four back there Um, So that's something we're definitely going to work on.
0: Well, yeah, and and there's always, I mean, you guys are so receptive to ideas and stuff. Like I said, you know, my thought was if I could just angle the rod tubes that are on the back, just back slightly, we get the reels hanging the right way and get them more away from the lid. But uh, it's just ideas, ideas, you know. So let's uh, take a look at a couple of these comments, questions. I I am seeing a lot of people saying uh, hashtag. I shared it, which is awesome and I do appreciate that. Uh, Dave Fowler says he's watching from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, Dave, I appreciate that. Uh, He also says he's interested in seeing it in action. Um, Alan says, I can't wait to get one for myself from my dealer here in Alberta. Um, I saw something, maybe I, oh, uh, looking forward Steve Carroll looking forward to making a cooler insert for the new black pack. Yeah.
1: There's a couple, couple things we're playing with, you know, I, you know, even, well, maybe even Steve, I know that he's, I think he's a sturgeon guy too. So, I mean, even looking at it from a live well perspective for some bait that, you know, that might be something we potentially do down the road is even a live well insert or something, but you know, but that in the cooler, um, especially the cooler, you know, having a nice little drop in bag that um, Yeah, I, I just like, that's the one thing we typically like to do is, you know, we like to make a product, but it works in many different facets and many different, you know, industries or different aspects of an adventure and a sport. So, you know, I like having something that that caters and, and takes care of several different things. So having one piece of equipment that you could drop something in one day and, you know, have a cooler insert for a river float where you don't need that much tackle. So, you know, that'd be a, that'd be a cool option.
0: No, I like that. Um, James Johnson, I'm super happy you can move things around. Can't wait to see what accessories are coming oh chris funk (laughs) john doesn't have as much ballast to keep the hole weighted down now that is a fact dude you look amazing i can't believe it same
1: thing with chris too i saw him the other day and he's he did a black pack install video that um yeah no he's been he's been getting after it that's that's been awesome to see
0: hey better than me um Dave Fowler like the ability to offset rod holders at different heights. And, and again, I mean, that wasn't even something I really thought about. I saw Luther did an install video like in a hotel room. Yeah. And um, I watched that one and uh, basically saying you can use three you want to have three attachments of the four at least that's
1: kind of our minimum is is they've got four standoffs on each of the tether tubes and all we all that we ask is that you install three pieces of hardware so you can go up this tall you know or you go down to where you actually increase the height by about three inches off the deck but um you know when when chad was here was it's kind of one of those that when he saw that he was just like everyone's brain's been kind of you know blowing up a little bit they're like what do you mean i could do that you know and even Cause everyone I put together, I was showing with like eight, you know, eight tether tubes and people like I could put four on the big, you know, on the long sides and put them up. I was like, yeah. You know, so it, it's been funny to see how people's minds are still stuck in the old black pack. Cause they've used it for so long. It's for a lot of people that might've been their entire kayak fishing career that they, they've used that one accessory. So taking right. them out, you know, taking them out of that, that thought process of just the simple fact of, you know, on the middle size, which is the only rectangular size, like the thirteen thirteen, the sixteen sixteen, are square. So, really doesn't matter what side you open, you put the hinges on because it's square. But, you know, having the ability to open this guy, you know, on the short sides is vastly different from the original, which some people couldn't fathom even within kind of our, our development, kind of our team group that was part of the input. So it was kind of funny to see their brains not be able to make the switch because they've used it for so long. Um, I love
0: I love the ability to put the hinges on the short side and open it this way rather than straight back. Uh, for, for the boat that I'm going to have this on, uh, at yeah. least on the Blue Sky. So that's really, really cool. Um, uh, Chris Fowler also had a question about the uh, yak net. Does that uh,
1: fit in there in some fashion? So one thing that I actually like is um, the angle on those tether tubes. It, it was designed um, roughly. It, it's not exact, but it was designed roughly around what we call our AR tube our advanced rod tube. And we wanted that to have a little bit more of an angled lead in. So the cradle on that forearm support of that leverage land that fits in there so nicely because that angle pushes it forward. And so that cradle bumps up to the lead in within those tether tubes. So, you know, that's going to be the first rod tube always on my left side. I always, I'm I'm weird that I, I I crank with my left hand and on spinning and casting gear. I, I don't like switching and swapping. You know, I used to, I used to pitch in baseball when I was younger playing cross and stuff. So I've always thrown right-handed. So I always cast, I just want a real left-handed. So I always want that net on that left side within that tether tube. So that that's what you'll see my personal setup. Interesting.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a wide, right-handed bait
1: caster, left-handed spinning. Mm-mm.
0: I can't, I can't do
1: it. <laughs> I'm, I'm the oddball of the group that I I've never been able to fathom, throwing something, pitching something left-handed and, you know, or having to swap. So I, I, just and standardize I tell you, everything. I, I
0: tell you what, you, you put a, a left hand retrieve bait caster in my hand and I'm lost. You put a <laughs> right handed retrieve spinning reel in my hand and I'm lost. It's just like, this just feels so wrong. But it, it's, I've it, oh, it's, 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 it's a long standing uh, argument with uh, like people.
1: it was, um, I, I don't think it was my tarpon, but I, I feel like it was maybe the day before we were catching some red snapper and stuff and I'm having to reel it. No, I mean, I think it was a different trip. We went, we went um, snapper fishing on a different trip and they only had right handed retrieve a big, you know, conventional gear. And I was so lost. I was just, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel good where I was like, I want to crank left-handed. You know, I want to put my muscle and put my, my strong arm on that rod. I don't care about being able to crank with it. So it was just, be, to me to standardizing your procedure with kayaks that's what i've always thought about is if you have your net on your left side but yet you're now using you know your, your spinning rod or vice versa and you only have your right hand free it creates some interesting situations of if you've got a big fish or i don't know a musky uh you know big walleye or something like that that uh, you, you need to get that net out so i just like to simplify things personally No, yeah.
0: no, And it's what you get used to and what's comfortable. I I did want to mention one other thing, again, if people saw the pictures that I posted of mine. uh, There is a plier holder on the top of mine that I attached. um, And it's called Holds It. I've been using these things forever. They've got like a foam inside of them. So they kind of hold your pliers nice and tight, but you spray WD-40 in there. So it kind of oils and wipes them off every time you use them. I don't even know if these things are still made quite honestly. Uh, but I just happened to have some from years gone by. Um, what I had to do and w- it was super simple was cause it didn't quite line up. It lined up with one hole and then it was on the half. So, you know, you go on the inside, drill it through on the inside with that, uh, screw, a screw boss. Is that what you're calling them? Yeah. You go straight up through the screw boss and that one lined up perfect. And I was able to drill into that. So that's the only hole that I actually had to put in that went all the way through. But um, you know, like I said, it was just so simple being able to do that and attach the things where you want them.
1: And I've but I've it, got some cool ideas, unique ideas of, of to be able to attach you know, something along those lines, um, all over it. You know, I've got a I've got a unique one in my brain that I really want to pursue that that might even take this thing to a different market. Um, that's completely non, non-related to yak tech at all. I just like, I've, I don't know, I've got, I've got one in the back of my Outback and the back of my Subaru. Like it, it, I've always had a, I've weirdly had a black pack in the back of my car as like my, you know, my tie downs, you know, emergency, you know, cordage right. and, you know, jumper cables and a patch kit. And, you know, sometimes you're going fishing and remote spots and you gotta be, you know, be able to self rescue. If you have a flat tire or you need to jump or something that, um, I've got one of these in the back of my car that doesn't have any tether tubes on it. I've got pot four, you know, handles on it, but I I got some, I got some cool ideas to be able to attach, you know, some other stuff, um, that I really want to pursue. So, um, essentially, you know, we're kind of gonna, we've got another, another big product in the pipeline that that Luther's already mentioned. We've already kind of hinted at, which is kind of a kayak cart. Um, that's kind of our next one that, um, you know, we haven't really previewed it or shown it, but, um, we can talk about it. Um, or at least you know mention it but um you know along with that that, that really you know that black pack accessory line is going to be key so um that's i got a awesome. lot of got a lot of i think unique ideas that no one's really touched with the crate um or even within our space you know of kayak fishing so i'm excited to kind of see you know how how far far this this product line takes it so it's yeah, um, awesome think we,
0: steve was asking and actually I had somebody else ask this the other day if you're coming, going to come out with white or a lighter color version?
1: Um, So, I mean, we we used to sell a white black pack. Um, the saltwater crowd liked it. Um, I weirdly, we've got this question. I had it twice in two days for my customer service team. Um, so I actually pulled a, uh, you know, a thermal, you know, a thermometer, you know, an infrared laser or something like that from, um, from our engineering team that uses it for molds and stuff like that, that uh, I'm going to go paint one. And because I think it goes back to, I mean, I think, i think chad hoover did a video on a long time ago of a black kayak versus a regular kayak and like it was like four degrees difference or something like that like there wasn't much right. but talking with um our designer joey today he was mentioning that essentially it has a lot to do with the wind if there's a bunch of wind that day that sometimes black actually will cool quicker than white if there's more wind and that one kind of blew my brain a little bit but i haven't i haven't <laughs> i haven't i haven't done enough research to see you know how viable the, that hypothesis is But, um, basically I'm going to take a black pack out here. I got to figure out some time, um, but go ahead and paint one white and then, you know, we'll put, you know, the same amount of, you know, plastics in one versus the other, and then let it sit on the water for the day. Or I might just do it outside, you know, throw it on the roof of our building on a nice, I mean, we haven't seen any hot, hot days yet, but, um, you know, 75, 80 degree day here in Virginia and, uh, go ahead and take that thermometer to it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking. I think I've got maybe a, a unique plan to um, maybe get another color in the market. That um,
0: Yak attack orange. I,
1: I had to fight for. <laughs> I had to fight for that one back in the day. You know, I, I was only I was only allowed early on. I was like, I wanted to do a new, a new color, black pack. We're like, we have the white, we have the black. I was like, I want something fun or different. So, at that time, I was only allowed to do a limited edition special. And so, we did a limited run. We sold like I don't know a thousand of it or something like that. Threw in, you know, throwing in a cool black bag hat. And then we eventually brought the tan back as a, a constant color. I think maybe two years after that. But, um, but I, I I'm, I'm at least going to do a test. Cause I remember some sort of test dealing with polyethylene. Um, it is a different material than kayaks, but I remember the right. kayak being, you know, cause most kayaks like even, you know, back in the, or even like, I don't know, one of the best selling Jackson kayak colors of all times, you know, forest camo that, um, there's, there's splotches of dark, you know, dark colors, if not black in most every single kayak. So, um i'm gonna play with it at least do a good a good test to see um because we used to do a white version back in the day um kind of more adopted by you know your hardcore saltwater crowd you know your skiff you know maybe your skiff guys might adopt i'll tell you what
0: i i hated white kayaks um because it was so much glare off of them yeah so uh i had one and i i left it down in mexico <laughs> yeah, I'm like where I was guiding down there. I go, well, people down here can use it and we'll use it on our guided trips, so I don't want it as my personal boat anymore because it was just
1: too stinking bright. Yeah, I used so, one. You know, it was it was a weird old fly fishing boat, but it was thermoformed, so it was ABS, so it was glossy and it was white. That thing it was blinding. It was yeah, I, um I ditched I that remember. for a camo one or a tan one at the time. Um What's this? Uh, Oh, uh,
0: Carolina Overlander says the 16 and 16, will it fit in the Slayer
1: max? Is it the 12.5 Slayer max? I, I, I forget the native line, whether there's even I more, that, I don't know. I'm gonna, at all. Basically I'm going to, I'm going to, let me just breeze through. I know I've got some pictures. Um, I know Luther had a Slayer max last time I was at, uh, his little storage garage that he likes to use that, um, yeah, I mean, I think you got plenty of room in the back of at least the, the 12 and a half Slayer Max that um, you might need to default to having these tether tubes in this high position um, just to give you some clearance around that tank well because it's nice where you can see on these tether tubes how it even tapers down on the bottom to be able to allow for some more clearance because a lot of tank yeah, that's wells, awesome. they're, they're shapely. There's a little bit of a bulbous shape to it. Um, so by being able to have a little bit of that lead in and that curve at the bottom or that angle at the bottom, allows it to fit a little more boats. But, um, you know, that's kind of my goal within the next week. But yeah, we, I'll I'll, I'll basically I'll take, you know, um, the 16 by 16 with, you know, with eight tether tubes and then maybe even four and show with the number of boats, you know, leading up to that. Basically, we go live on our website um, at 12.01 at a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, not this Friday, but next Friday on 5.20. So I'll, I'll be up at midnight turning that on live on the website. But um, leading up to that, I'll make sure that um we get a lot of those, you know, ask questions with a specific amount of tether tubes or fitment in some boats.
0: Awesome. There's a question here that I can't see the whole question. So I'm afraid to click on it, but, uh, (laughs) I still think you need to make Chad eat a spicy chip every time he wants to enter the Yak (laughs) Attack. I Uh, mean, I I don't think he's gonna sign up for that. I saw some video Uh, where they were gonna do that one chip challenge, but I never actually saw the video.
1: Oh, so we, yeah, we did it last time. Well, last time Chad was in town and he thought I was trying to dupe him. He thought I was trying to mess with him because I I called him. I was like, you hot, you like hot stuff. He's like, I'm I'm born raised in Louisiana. Like, yeah, I like hot stuff, but I mean, I'm on a different level of heat that I, I grow, you know, my ghost chilies and my habaneros and, you know, scorpions in my backyard that I like that I always wake up and eat for breakfast with my eggs. But, um, he basically wanted to throw, he wanted to twist my challenge because he didn't fully wrap his head around, understand what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to have three guys eat the chip and then we race to assemble a black pack. And, and at the time of proposing it, I had put together one that was like production parts, you know, but at that point in time, I'd put together like 25 of them. So I had a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he thought the whole premise was that essentially we were going to race to put together the black pack and the loser has to eat the chip. Oh! So he threw out the basically, he's like, we were filming for his show that the next day that he you was know, first talking about it. And then so we both went out. I don't know, within about 10 minutes, I, I land a seven pounder with Boga grips. So I'm weighing it. I'm like seven pounds on the dot. I was like, I got that. And then so he comes over all giddy. He's like, I got a six pounder, seven pounder. It's like, looks like someone's gonna eat the chip. And his, his videographer's like, Nope. John got a 7 pounder too. So it was we basically <laughs> tied like on the dot. So he couldn't cuz he was going to say, you know, the the person that catch the smallest fish has got to eat the chip but but I bought three chips. So we went back to our <laughs> we went back to our original idea and I was like, "All right, we're doing this black pack race that um I had fun with it. It, it. it honestly it did give me a pretty extreme stomach ache after the fact. Basically I, I sipped some water about 30 minutes after and all of us were pretty much dying from a stomach ache, but But the heat, I mean, I literally or, you know, the the aftermath, you know, in the bathroom, I I have worse days on like a regular Tuesday, like just with the amount of heat that I put in a normal, you know, normal, you know, egg bowl in the morning with some peppers and some some hot sauce. So it wasn't that bad, but I I'd been training for that. But it was fun. I, I had a lot of fun with it that, you know, basically I'll I'll. I'll keep a supply of the the pocky chips in my desk next time Chad visits just to uh, see if he's ready. But, but I I like, I like the, um, the recommendation. Uh,
0: I don't, I I mean, I like spicy stuff,
1: but I don't (laughs) like that kind of heat. That's
0: that doesn't need to be in my world. So uh, once again, I'm going to remind everybody, whether you are watching this live or whether you are watching on a replay, you can still have a chance to win. So we're going to wait for 24 hours. Uh, you need to share this video and then comment on here with the hashtag. I shared it for your chance to win, because that's the tool we're using. It picks up on the hashtag. I shared it and puts you into the drawing. So please make sure, and I will verify that you actually shared it, but, uh, I you to do both of those things for your chance to win, um, because we want as many people to see about this great stuff as possible, John. We've been going long, and I need to get my video going. You want to stick around and watch the show, well, I'll, and we'll I'll talk watch more it. Afterwards. Yeah,
1: if, if you want some commentary, you know, we, we can. I love scenes. I don't know if I've seen this episode. I used to watch a, I used to watch a little lot back in the day, but I'm excited to see some. Well, stories. it is an
0: old one. Like I said this was from our third season, and we did 13 seasons. So um, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a little while ago. So. cool. With that said, let's. Uh, I'm going to bring this up. And again, for you, those of you that are just tuning in, this is an episode of the Kayak Fishing Show from season three, episode seven. We are on the Fraser River targeting um, sturgeon. This was all new to us. We had nobody to give us guidance, really, but it really wasn't being done. Uh, the Fraser River, if you're not familiar with it, is a non dammed river. I think it's like the longest non dammed river in Canada or British Columbia or something. Anyway, it's a lot of water. So there's a lot of concerns. Uh, You need to anchor up, but trying to anchor up in that kind of moving water was very difficult. And then you also need to be able to dump the anchor in a hurry in case um, you hook up and you need to chase a fish or which we saw happen many times. All of a sudden there's a freaking tree coming down the river. I mean, there's a lot of water running through there. We did a jet boat ride way up the river, just these massive, massive whirlpools. I mean, just sketchy stuff, Um, but super fun. So I'm going to get this uh, episode going. Like I said, this is part one of a two. We have two episodes of this uh, adventure. So I don't remember how big of a fish we ended up getting in this one. I think the big fish came in part two, but uh, let's run it. This week on The Kayak Fishing Show, I'm headed to British Columbia and the Fraser River with Blue Water Rocky Sport Fishing, and we're going after giant sturgeon. We get to stay at the beautiful Fraser River's Edge Lodge, and our host, Mike, and our guide, Chris, say they've never seen a kayak or catch a fish on the Fraser's fast-flowing waters. This is dangerous and difficult, so I've asked expert whitewater kayaker and king of safety, Paul Harwood, to join us. Problem is, he's never caught a fish over five pounds from a kayak. How big could these fish be? I mean, it's fresh water, right? Stick around and see if we can catch some real dinosaurs. Those things are dinosaurs too, man. You
2: inevitably find someone pushing the limits. While kayak fishing has been exploding in popularity, Jim Salmons has been doing just that. Uh, Yeah, look at these. Nice. From the seat of his ocean (laughs) kayak, Jim challenges the world's top game fish and puts his kayak fishing skills to the ultimate test. Never fought a kayak, have you, fish? From freshwater to saltwater, Jim's mission is simple: to discover the best fishing destinations in the world and prove that anything is possible from a kayak. That's a healthy fish. Oh, <laughs> no!
1: Dang, it's a brown trout right there. Yeah, that was
0: that's, in Montana. That's awesome. That's old Jeff Herman.
1: So, like, I mean, from your perspective, Jim, like, what was the first <laughs> real fishing <laughs> kayak? Like, what was the first one, like, with an angler in mind that was designed with the, you know, not the right features, but at least the start to at least lay down the foundation to where we're at, you know, 15, 20 years later?
0: Well, probably the first one who actually kind of claimed it. Was Cobra. Cobra Fishing Dive. Yeah, and they were the first one to kind of put a couple of uh flush mount rod holders on a boat and called it a fishing dive.
2: Ocean kayaks, kayak. But I mean, show is brought to you in part. Back by then, we
0: were using Ocean the kayak. Ocean Kayaks Scupper Pro
2: Trident and Ultra series of or fishing Or the Cobra. Kayaks.
0: That's what you had. You had guys who wanted Ex the big, fat, show. wide, stable boat, maybe or guys like me who wanted the long, skinny, fast. cigar
2: always the best um, fishing line.
0: The first boat that was must kind of add, more designed towards that was the ocean hooks, kayak prowler server, longer which uh i Book actually one, had a lot to do gear. with get everything um, and then of to course it just kept going from there and it one. just all of a sudden, more manufacturers and more Scotty, people getting dialed in on that fish.
1: and so and like the first couple California times press, that i mean you were cutting edge you were fishing year. were you basically kayak fishing this or were you dropping bait past the breakers or you know were you fishing from the watercraft itself
0: oh it's always because it was always off the kayak. Um, you know, cause I went from fishing off of surfboards and you'd paddle out. There's no surf. So let's go fishing. So you'd yeah. paddle out to the kelp beds and go fishing off our surfboards. And then, uh, when I got my first kayak, it was always fishing off the kayaks, but you know, California, I can paddle, you know, a quarter mile and be in 1500 feet of water. Yeah. You know, so we have deep water really close. We have the kelp beds really close. Um, so Initially it was fishing out of the kayak fishing around the boiler rocks for calico bass, that sort of thing. And then, you know, getting the yellow tail and all that outside the kelp and very cool going deeper and deeper
2: in kayaks, kayak fishing show, Jim Salmons heads to British Columbia's Fraser river, where he's hooking up with Chris Chesla of blue water Rockies guide service. Chris is an expert in the local big game fish. The White Sturgeon.
0: So we ran up here to the the Fraser River. I've never caught a sturgeon. I've never even seen a sturgeon. My name is Chris. Last name, Chishla. Chris Chishla, owner-operator of Blue
2: Water Rockies Sport Fish Guiding Company. Out here on the Fraser today, and we've caught a few sturgeon over the years. And we're going to see if we can duplicate that today with a few nice fish. Joining the Ocean Kayak Fishing Team this week is Paul Harwood. Uh, My name is Paul Harwood, and uh, I'm currently a resident of Hope and I've never caught any sturgeon. Paul is a lifelong angler and longtime whitewater kayaker who specializes in river safety. Paul's job is to keep everyone safe while they catch big fish in and around the Fraser's cold and fast flowing water. I grew up on the Ottawa River, you know, fishing for uh, bass, pickerel, pike, catfish. And then uh, the last 15
0: years
1: or so, uh, I've been out west and had a little hiatus from fishing. But uh, this is my first time uh, really fishing for big fish in my whole life, and it's pretty interesting. <laughs> well on their, you can kind of see catch, the
0: volume of water that's moving triads. there.
2: Yeah. The guys make <laughs> I was just
1: thinking to myself that, like, I I personally couldn't and imagine taking like a trident down the river like that or any. I don't know. I'm not a kayak, much much Kevin. Much I I still yeah, see pretty him pretty do
2: that major. currently. And uh, and, uh, I mean, I, I, it's late in the summer, I started with the, the Kusa. you know, that was one of my first boats. High. So like, and the river's you know, i, is so strong I mean, is a that different it takes river Nothing boat. less than yeah. a jet boat to get around. To deal with the powerful flow and the big hard fighting sturgeon, the guys need to come up with a custom anchoring system for their kayaks. And so Jim heads to Bellingham, Washington to meet up with the R and D experts at Ocean Kayak.
0: So we're up here. In so Bellingham, this is when Ocean Kayak Washington, was
1: still in Bellingham, Ocean
2: Washington.
0: Thank I I, I never knew they were there. That's that's very
1: cool. We're heading
0: up to the Fraser River to go sturgeon hunting. So we had these guys rig the boats up special for us with anchors and rod holders. So we are ready to go. So I'm going to pause it right there. So I don't know if it actually comes up, um, if it makes it to the episode or not. So the whole idea is you've got this anchoring system, again, which you can dump uh in case you need to get out of the way of something or um like i said chase down a fish keep it because if it gets in the current it starts going it's it's just going to take line on you so um so they came up with you know we talked to the guys at ocean kayak and because because i had to fly in and so they were gathering everything for us uh they came up with these boat bumpers as our floats in that current and that volume of water and i mean this is why it's a, so much water and it, and it's just going so fast dumped it that thing went rip, and was like this in the current and just lost the float immediately <laughs> i
1: would have never called that i mean not th- that you know sizable boat buoy you know or boat bumper whatever you want to call it like i would have never expected that you know, I guess what, what pound of anchors are you guys with? like a 10 pound anchor? Was that, is that something you're throwing off in that volume? Yeah, of water? I mean, you
0: can kind of see it there on the back of the boat right behind me there. Yeah, I don't remember how big, I mean, like I said, it, the, the anchor was holding. It's just that the buoy just because of the current just got pushed down yeah. and that shape of course makes it that much easier for it to go down. So the camera boat, that jet boat um they're over there throwing like grappling hooks out <laughs> and they actually got them back up for us and we were able to salvage them that's and awesome. get our anchors back and everything else but it was it was like well that didn't work
1: <laughs> so how many trips i mean i don't know just if you could name a few or if you have them but like that you have i'm not saying blown people's minds but like you show up with a local guy and they're like this dude's not catching fish you know or not catching you know let's say a tarpon or some giant fish that they're used to boats you know you know guys in boats catching because i feel like in this instance you have you know guides that have they've they've guided sturgeon forever on that river or generations or their father did it and they're like dude this, this these kayak dudes are not going to be successful like this is a waste of time like i mean was that the case here because it was oh. so unexplored at the time or you know do you get that oh, a lot yeah. when around that around uh, well the in earth? the
0: early in the early days for sure you know there was a lot of that are you kidding me yeah. I mean, heck, the early days just going out here, you know, and coming back to the beach with a yellowtail or something. And you know, people are like, you guys are crazy. You're going to get eaten by a shark. Um, but, like, I think one of the ones that I think we blew the guides away, uh, really, really blew the guides away, was uh, to a, a place called Silver King Lodge in uh, Costa Rica. And again nobody was catching uh tarpon off of kayaks at that time i mean it probably had been done but it wasn't certainly yeah. well known um and they were absolutely blown away at how much faster we could land the fish in the kayak versus the guys in the boats
1: for a tarpon yeah that, yeah I, I guess what would you equate that to you would quote that equate that to the kayak is helping kind of run down the fish and wear it on the fishes with it. It's, 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 it's not crazy? even
0: so sure. it, it's, 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 a matter of, um, you're pulling yourself to the fish versus pulling the fish to you. Yeah. So, makes sense. you know, where a guy in, you know, a several thousand pound boat, uh, and, and they're, they're putting that much more pressure on it. And even if the fish is tired, they're still having to drag that fish to the boat where I just start dragging myself to the fish. So we I mean, that one they they were just blown away how <laughs> fast we were landing. I mean these were big tarpon, not yeah. not I mean hundred pounds plus and and they were just blown away how fast we could land the fish. Oh, had the same awful. thing kind of down in the Louisiana on um once we figured out the big tuna, um, how what, fast we could land the fish.
1: Was that I mean, well, I these recent was that you and Jameson when I'm the guest off the coast of louisiana i think with some bluefin on some rigs you're fishing. yeah and, rigs. and
0: and before that you know it's like the versus the big tuna my, my first really big tuna in panama took me like three hours Whew. and um after figuring out changing up gear uh figuring out the rod setup and all that i was landing fish that size in 30 minutes
1: oh that's awesome i mean because for me that's That's next on the list for me is I I really I really want a tuna from the kayak. Like that's that's kind of my current dream. So it's that's that's kind of my goal, you know. I don't know what that species looks like. If my shoulder
0: shoulder was working, I would probably be trying that right now here in San Diego (laughs) (laughs) because we have bluefin tuna pretty close.
1: Should be making uh, the trip. (laughs) I'll I'll bring you the tuna. If I make the trip, I'll bring you some tuna because I've seen some of your cooking. So there you you go. I'll, I'll let you, you know, guide me through the preparation. Awesome.
0: Oh, you just, yeah, they're really? just
1: ridiculously huge. Wow. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then when you're ready to go, all you do is you take this stainless beaner here, hook it
0: through this rope loop, and now you're all in line. And then you can, you know, you can
2: take this right here and put it anywhere. It's kind of cumbersome and heavy. So yeah. Perfect. With this new anchor system ready to go. Okay. <laughs>
0: See, I have not watched this episode in such a long time. It's brings back so many memories, and this is ending up being the longest episode ever. But um, so this is sketchy. So what you have to do, what we what we 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 would paddle into the current, right? So you paddle upriver, throw the anchor out, feeding out line, and the river catches the boat spins it around and then you got to clip it in before it comes tight but you need to be turned around otherwise if you comes in clip it in while you're kind of sideways you're getting dumped i said having never done it i mean it was just the sketchiest learning curve ever <laughs> but it was fun
2: Jim heads across the border to the Fraser Rivers Edge Lodge where he meets up with Chris and Paul. It's not rocket science. The thing sturgeon fishing is basically bait.
1: It's a done deal. We, we got Tomorrow the sturgeon. The
2: first day on the water and the crew is ready to go. Stay tuned as the guys put their kayak fishing skills to the test in the frigid surging waters of the Fraser River. <laughs>
0: pretty cooperative when we started off with a little baby
1: I'd still, I'd still be paul. happy with that like i'd for, for for a sturgeon like the it was like a six footer i mean i know it's not the giant but I, i'd still be happy with that i mean uh, that's particularly
0: a- for a guy like paul who had never caught anything of any size um i'm gonna pause that really quick bring us back up a little bit because there are a couple comments. Um, Jeremy Parker says a big game. He still has his Uh, big game was down the line of boats that came out from ocean kayak. It was uh, their first attempt at a big guy boat was the drifter, uh, which they they made the first drifter and then they made the new drifter. And then the first one became the second one became the dry butt drifter because the first drifter was you were sitting in this much water. And I had friends who would use that boat and they would use their whole cockpit as a bait tank. They would just throw mackerel <laughs> in and let it swim around their legs because it was so much water. It was absolutely crazy. Um, Josh Evans, a big yellowtail from the kayak. I could always imagine how sick yellowtail, of course, that's my home fish. Um love them. They they're they're awesome, they're fun to catch, fight so freaking hard, and they're delicious. Um, Rudy, a couple Atlantic sturgeon caught recently in the Chesapeake. Good to hear because these fish grow slow. Yeah, they're dinosaurs. They're old, old fish and they have what's called scoots down their side. Uh, it's like a ridge of, I don't know if it's scale or whatever, but they're like razor sharp, uh, particularly when they're young, as they get older, they get worn down and they're not so sharp. Um.
1: So I think they've discovered them um, a little bit more prevalent in the James that, that, that I guess eventually, you know, leads into the Chesapeake. But um, that's something I've saw recently is the, the sturgeon of the James. So here in Virginia, you know, that's kind of been a recent trend.
0: Well, like I said, this whole thing, um, what is it? I've seen uh, the Snake River sink in A1 size buoy. Yeah, that, that current, and it was pretty, pretty wild. Um, oh, thank you, Huey Fishing, for sharing it. I appreciate it. And again... I may as well throw it up there one more time since we're talking about it. Make sure whether you're watching this live or as a replay to share the video, then comment hashtag. I shared it for your chance to win the 16 by 16 black pack pro. Um, I said, I just, things just keep popping up. I know we ended up switching to big ball buoys. um, And like I said, the, the whole thing with, the if you got a big fish, it could get in the current and just swim down. So you'd have to release yourself. But then there's no real way, but you want to fight them from anchor if you can. Because otherwise, if you're just floating with the fish, it's just swimming down river and you're not putting any pressure on it. So the, there was this whole thing is like, how long do I stay on anchor? How long do I not? Um, <clears throat> and then to land the fish, when you got fish of this size, the biggest one we caught was nine and a half feet. So in order to land it, what they do, even on the boat, so people get the picture, they'll just beach it. And they'll slide in over to shore and then get it over your legs, take a picture on that. And they're very, very hardy fish. Every fish we caught had been previously caught. Every single one. They have electronic uh, scanner and they would scan the fish and it already had a tag in it. It was amazing. So they they do very well on catch and release, which so was was quite interesting.
1: And is there plenty of guy? Was there plenty of guide service out there? Like, was there a bunch of like not necessarily industry, but enough of outfitters out there? You know, getting people on fish. That you think that might have been a reason why, or is there enough? I don't know, tourism or hype around the fish that, that that would that would cause that, where all those fish were previously caught.
0: I I think it just shows that they're. Um, they're very hardy and they're old fish they live a very very long time so you know you have a certain amount of guides in the area and they're all fishing regularly and yeah. these fish are getting caught and they're resident uh they stay they move out into the ocean and then they come in as they're older and then they from my understandings they stay there i am no expert on sturgeon by any <laughs> means um, i've done it that one time but uh it was super cool and i would love to do it again this was, was that another comment there that was another shared it
1: okay well let's uh, get the episode going again <laughs> it'll be a four-hour episode but it was a good one
2: <laughs> part Ocean two Kyan's next thursday <laughs> was brought to you in part by cigar always the best in fluorocarbon. now introducing two new world-class products kansan braid and senshi monofilament lines Check out all Seagar's fishing line options. I don't think they make Cigars. either of those anymore. This week, Jim is taking his ocean kayak to the Fraser River in an attempt to catch one of the massive sturgeon that patrol the river's bottom. Chris owns and operates the largest fleet of sturgeon boats on the Fraser River, and he can almost guarantee that every angler will find a fish by the end of the day. The problem is, Chris has never seen anyone hook one of the beasts from a kayak. In fact, as far as he knows, no one has ever caught a sturgeon from their kayak on this river.
1: My name is Chris, last name Chishla, uh, owner-operator of Blue Water Rockies Sport Fish Guiding Company. Uh, We go also by riversportfishing.com. And we specialize in freshwater river sport fishing adventures on the Fraser River, a bunch of its tributaries,
2: and uh, some lakes as well. And we fish for all the species that uh, live in these waters. Uh, one of the main ones obviously what we're fishing
0: for today which is uh, white sturgeon, a spectacular fish, uh, awesome sport fish and uh, pretty much the largest freshwater fish in North America. So we've got Chris, he's going to show us how to do it properly from the boat, give us the techniques, the proper way to handle these fish, and then tomorrow, we're going to put the kayaks in the water and see if we can uh, transfer the knowledge we get today into kayak fishing.
2: With a slow bite, Chris decides to try a few different kinds of bait. Tire. The Tire. bait for these fish is disgusting. Like this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Was it in
1: pantyhose? Was it we just cut bait, rotten bait in pantyhose? It, With
2: the day drawing to a close, the guys the are almost stinkier,
0: ready to give up. The stinkier then, the bait, the more they on like it.
2: Of their rods. Yeah. Well, that's what and they mean, literally you know, called it cool, stink cool. bait,
0: and it
1: was just foul. What year was this episode? Was it like 2013, 2012?
0: Yeah, almost five feet. Uh, yeah something like that. Um, scatter the scatter. And, 2011.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe
0: we'll get a long time ago <laughs> yeah no it was, a bit, it was a bit ago so there he, they, he's got that scanner and they run the scanner over the top of it and check to see if it's uh been tagged and like i said every the fish we caught has been tagged
2: behind the mountains and it's time to jet in Tomorrow, the guys will step things up by putting their quick-release anchor system and the Ocean Kayak's torque Minn Kota motor to the test. Oh, that's deck. right, I had a torque. But tonight, it's time to relax at the Fraser... That's new-age new stuff and right records. there
1: back in that day. It's a unique layout. That's awesome. It's not... Uh... That was it's the first one I mean, boat that was kind of designed, specific kayaks, specifically
0: designed to have a motor on so, it.
1: <laughs> I would have never called that. Like that's something that I would have never, ever been able heard, to point out. And, so that's, uh, that's yeah, a cool hey, piece of some kayak we've fishing we've history
0: right from there. From yeah. Was,
1: through, and just other guests, they, they say, because they're, they're owned by uh, Johnson outdoors, which owns Minn Kota. Were they, were they back in the day? I mean, was that a partnership or a subsidiary back in the time? Yeah. At that day, at that time they were. We, we think it's a pretty unique product.
2: Located just a short distance away from picturesque downtown Chilliwack, BC, the Fraser River's Edge Lodge is a small and exclusive B&B with room for eight guests. Hosts Adriana and Mike Jones treat their guests to gourmet these meals. These are the nicest people, with too. That's awesome. And yeah, awesome to super nice. Some of those fish in those pictures, River's I couldn't imagine. Really I mean, I couldn't imagine a some of, of these big, you know, eight, nine foot anglers, sturgeon. I mean, coals. that's or for family—that's something
1: else. We're the only waterfront uh, accessible lodge from Chilliwack to Vancouver, so it's a pr-
0: pretty neat thing, I think. They spent half their year on the Fraser River, really the Fraser River and half the year down the in, in southern Baja. Chinese
1: fish. Today I'm going to share with you. Yeah, that's living the life right there. That—that's the <laughs> what do they call them? Snowbirds <laughs> that's coming, that's coming the down line. from the north to Florida. That's that I mean, that's the snowboard, you know, snowbirds fish, on steroids right particular there. Particular fish,
0: big water, heavy water. Do not go alone. Don't fish solo. Bring a partner, somebody who has experience, has experience landing these fish and has experience in moving water on a kayak.
1: Yeah, I feel fighting so a fish of that fish size and moving current, we you know, especially for someone that's never landed a fish before would be would be interesting. So you, know, you know, it is just a lot under to understand of, of, of guiding right that fish and keeping it within that, is that
0: sweet spot. Set up above the hole yeah, it's... and drop your bait back into it. It's it very wild. Important for this so there's the, the bigger buoy an on the back system on your kayak, something that you can drop something that's easy to disconnect. But we found out the hard way that if you don't have a big enough float <laughs> to keep that anchor line above water, you're not going to retrieve your anchor. So make sure you have an easily deployed anchor system <laughs> with a large float in case you have to dump it. One of the toughest parts about fishing in a river is getting back up river if you are uh you found a hole and you want to get up above it reposition yourself try not to paddle in the main flow of the river move over to the side and jump from eddy to eddy. you'll find it much easier paddling of course the key is to get a bait out there that the sturgeon are going to want and having it in the right to okay i'm going to pause it but you see that bucket right there
1: is that your stink bait
0: uh, yeah, and so that they they set that on the back of my kayak in the tank well. And it's like okay, you know whatever, it's back there, and then the wind changed, and all of a sudden it just like blew, and I'm just like surrounded. I think my clothes ended like smelling like it. I mean, it just smelled like death, and I, I damn near puke. The other thing about um, sturgeon fishing, and again, I may m- ent- mention this in the episode, is though they can be a massive fish, you know, their mouth is like a vacuum tube and they kind of put it out there and just cruise along the bottom. And they're sucking stuff up and they can suck something up and spit it back out before you even realize it. You know, they feel that weight or anything like that. So you are staring at your rod tips and just watching that slightest little, and it's pulsating with the current, right? And then all of a sudden there might be a little quicker one or one that kind of drags down a little bit more. And then you have to set the hook on this giant rubber mouth, but you're damn near going cross-eyed, staring at the tip of your rod, you know, all day long. It's, it was crazy.
1: How much, what's the weight of lead do you think you're throwing right there?
0: enough weight to that was that bait it wasn't that
1: and we were changing it based on the depth
0: of the, where we were um, sense um, of but smell. you know a pound find uh, sometimes where there's a piece of stink bait when he saw because they look for it's dead disgusting. salmon floating oh. down the river and they go get <laughs> it <down> the river <laughs> and they get so excited <sighs> by that and the fish damn near it, exploded on the the his kayak they call it stink bait for a reason but it works the pickup on these fish can be kind of subtle, so you have to be paying attention. Watch your rod tip. Well, see, I'm saying I everything my I just said. On top of my I just shut up. At an angle <laughs> so I could watch that tip just bobbing up and down. It would. That means it's authentic. Down. I mean, if you're you really still saying it you know, there, 10,
1: 12 years later, then, on. I mean, it's real. It's so. Great. It's just
0: because that was one of the things that's ingrained in my head that I remember taps, so much. <laughs> Make sure you're fishing Seagore Cansan braid because the braid line is going to allow you to feel every little tap instead of monofilament that's just going to be stretching out there. We generally found it's better to fight the fish from anchor. Don't drop anchor and try to chase the fish. It's just going to swim down river and you're never going to put any pressure on it and the fish is not going to get tired. Fight the fish from anchor to wear the fish out. One of the other things we learned was that it was easier to land the fish, particularly the smaller, you know, say three, four footers, if once you had the fish tired, then you dropped your anchor and floated with the fish. You were no longer fighting the current to land the fish.
1: And I mean, what does it do with them like the turning one? the sturgeon on its, you know, on its back? Like, are, are you putting it in rest? Like I've seen that with a couple a couple people releasing it where that sturgeon's upside down. Is that put him in kind of a sleep? I feel like maybe sharks are like that on some old uh, some I, Discovery I know, channel stuff.
0: Yeah. Sharks are the tonic immobility. Um, I don't know if that's true with the sturgeon as well. They would just kind of roll over on their back when they got tired. But like I said, they all release healthy. Um, so there's such a hearty, hardy fish, but, uh, in this picture that's kind of frozen behind me there is cause we wanted to do it. You know, we had the support boat, you know, camera boat and all that, but we wanted to do it once we figured it out, wanted to do them, you know, 100 percent kayak and so where we wanted to get there and actually you know get photos and all that uh, by the shore but you couldn't you know maybe nowadays with all the pedal boats and everything like that it would have been easier but we're we're paddling so um i i hooked up a tow line and dragged him to shore <laughs> while he was fighting the fish
1: was that one of ken's whitewater buddies yes yeah
0: yeah he was uh I want to say, I think he's like an EMT and, uh, but also an expert whitewater kayaker. And since we had never, Brendan Mark, uh, from Heliconia press, also expert whitewater kayaker was supposed to come on the trip and, uh, he canceled. So they hooked us up with their buddy, Paul. It was just super, super nice guy.
1: Yeah. No, good guy to have. I mean, if he's a whitewater pro EMT, I mean, that's what I always tell my you know, whitewater kayaking is one of those things you better surround yourself by good people so it's you know it's if you can't right. self-rescue it's got to be your buddies so you know it's best to have that knowledge
0: yeah whitewater, whitewater is scary sometimes Yeah, like he said the, the water on the fraser is big water yeah. take the fish to shore with that fishing partner he can tie onto the back end of your kayak <laughs> there's the, the nine and a half footer shore so you can get that photo next to the beach and get a good clean that's
1: water. unreal unreal right there
0: i hope these tips are going to help you yes. Catch that dinosaur of a sturgeon. Till next time, I'm Jim Salmons, and that's your kayak fishing tip
2: of the week. For more tips and your chance to win a fantastic kayak fishing package that includes an ocean kayak trident fishing kayak and ex officio clothing, visit kayakfishingshow.com. Ocean Kayaks Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Ocean Kayak makers of the trident and ultra series it drives of me, always drives me crazy and the torque ocean kayak, to ocean kayak fishing
0: show is brought to you by ocean
2: kayak <laughs> a
1: little repetitive but you know uh the, joshua says i really
0: dig hearing the old school stories and then huey fishing some old school products to use in the show yeah,
1: yeah those are the cool. early days i mean that that's we yeah. were talking about you were breaking some ground right there so that's yeah yes, a little while ago it's a, a cool cool part, part of history i mean it's Okuma a cool part to watch tackle. and i, I always enjoy way.
2: i always enjoy talking to you about it and Okuma fishing you know, and
1: watching it for sure
2: inspiring design meets stunning performance check out okuma's full line of rods reels and fishing accessories at Okuma fishing, this is where I
0: normally show up my current sponsors. The finished their
2: breakfast. <laughs> don't buy Okuma. <laughs>
1: head up the river to test uh, Do you still wear ex officio? <laughs> I still have ex officio underwear, boxers. I, I got them on right now. I mean, that's the only. The in the, water. It's the only boxers I wear. Is the Exofficio oh, boxers? And give and go boxers are the, the past Yeah, you know, we've worn those for like 15 years. It's all just I wear.
0: Don't catch fish. Kayaks do. So we're putting the kayaks in the water today because we're gonna get them is the anchor set up have you had kayak, any F1 like extreme
1: pushback from guides bottom. that wouldn't like that way, does, they wouldn't so. like figure out how to get the the, the kayaks on the boats to mothership but they're like we won't do this so, like i don't know have you ever had anyone weird like that but, like it might have been pre-negotiated for the the show but like getting there they're like we can't get these boats on this you know these kayaks on this boat as has anyone ever i don't know and they ever throwing any pushback about that no nah,
0: nah, not really they want publicity you know and they were up for an adventure um i think the only ones that were ever were ones that were arranged after we got there um and maybe they didn't want a a kayak on their boat because they didn't want to mess up their boat and you know we're always very careful but you know some of them but that's rare most of them were just like really let's do this it's an adventure you know
1: do you do um, most of the I guess the, the production coordination with setting up guides and that type of communication or is that the heliconia crew? Or well it was always
0: well of course I'm not with heliconia anymore, but no. um um it was a kind of a combination in the in the very first year. Um maybe they did a little bit more of it, but as years went on, I was doing more and more and more of it. You know, Will was involved uh helping with that. Um very often. And what I always preferred is if we, we didn't in this one, but where you act particularly in the early years, cause there weren't that many kayak anglers around. Um, we would like to hook up with somebody who is on location so they can help with the local logistics just cause they know, Yep. you know, they know the people, they know what's going on there. So that always helps. But uh, I generally would be the one making first contact and, you know, kind of cool. negotiating and all that stuff. And, it was always a lot of fun, you know. I miss yeah. it. I got to. I got to get back to it, but probably next year. This yeah. year's already halfway gone.
1: I've just always wondered, you know, if, if you pick the destinations, you know, or the the producer. I don't. I don't. I don't understand that whole world, but I've I've always just imagined you sitting there, been like. I want to go to New Zealand. Like I, I want to, I want to go here and catch arapaima or something, something it, it, crazy. Again, you know,
0: it's is a little bit of everything because we, the show had become very popular. Um, we were getting contacted by destinations.
2: Yeah.
0: Asking us to come. Um, take, yeah, New Zealand. I was, I was lucky enough to go to New Zealand a few times. And the reason for that one was this was while I was at least the first couple trips where I was with ocean kayak and ocean kayak made boats in new zealand oh that's cool no, so that's they, great. Had, they had their facility here but they had a separate facility over there that they made boats and so um got to hand they were they were some of the nicest people ever also uh so i got to hang out with them but Pretty you know cool. it's it's always a little bit of this a little bit of that you know and there, there was the you know hey this is a place i want to go we did shoots like down where i guided um, down in Mexico. So we did a couple of shoots there that made it an easy one. Um, or just old relationships where it's like, you know, with my friend down at Cedros Island, you know, it's like, Hey, how about I come down there? And then of course, you know, oftentimes it's like, Hey, we're going to come down here, shoot a show. You're going to get the publicity, but we're also going to leave you a couple of kayaks because if it's a distant location, we're just, we can't ship them back. So we just ship them down there and left them.
1: Yeah, I always heard that with, you know, with we send gear and stuff to, you know, a shoot. We'd always be like, we just leave it. You know, it's part of our arrangement that it's part of our dealio. You get some boats, you get some gear. So um, pretty cool. Just If you think about the concept of what you're doing here, but it, what you do, you know, worldwide of if you leave those kayaks, you're basically leaving a piece of the sport for others to grow with. So I tell you what, there, cool there's piece a piece of that.
0: There's a couple of old um, Trident's. Uh, sitting down at Silver King Lodge in uh, Costa Rica. Um, (laughs) once that
1: shoulder gets healed up, I'm down. I've got tarpon fever, like, I've I've I want that again. So, that's um, you get get healed up, I'm in it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) the hang up, yank on it, snaps the zip tie, and you pull it up upside down. and Hopefully, that gets the snag out. Having anchor issues, so uh.
2: Paul had to drop his anchor, and uh, the Scotch one's too small, so that's another learning learning curve. Yeah, there. see, there's that one going under. So now we uh, are <laughs> just trying to reach. That was one
1: of the biggest grapnel anchors that, that I've ever seen. I mean, seeing those, you know, with the know arms on it were, was the, the biggest one board, that I've ever seen in person. I guess. Like their
2: kayaks to the boat. Their disappointment with the giant. failure of the anchoring system is quickly forgotten, though, as the rods start to bend and the sturgeons start to pull.
0: Yeah, so that first day, because the buoys weren't will, working,
2: drop the bait.
1: we
0: uh, ended up tying have, off you know, to the camera boat.
2: But again, this the was just such a
0: learning itself. experience. Because as as uh, we literally you were having to figure it out.
2: If it's and push, people have never push, caught sturgeon, push, and they, push, and they push, are a strong fish. They're push, acrobatic. Push I mean, they okay. jump.
0: Now it, 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 they're I they're pretty fantastic fish. Normally, fish circle hooks. Yeah, I'm I'm not a hook setter. Okay, what kind of hooks are you doing on these guys? You want to set that the most important, as far as I'm concerned, the most important part of sturgeon fishing is setting that hook as hard as you can. Okay, so you're right. you're you're laying the wood down. Uh, uh, He's okay. using you just using
1: know. like a big J hook or something. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah, against my my norm. Yeah, if I know the. Most uh, of what you would use, I mean, to me, I don't know, it was a circle hook, so and it's, it's kind of that's down. interesting to hear. There you go.
0: The it's a, this is a little bit better one. That's a good
1: one. I'd be I'd be happy with that. Day one, like, <laughs> That works. fish one, that's that awesome. a
2: big fish. Without flipping, I wasn't getting much higher up. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a guy who was catching bass and stuff never got a big fish part before. Of the learning curve. And so it's time to head in and get the anchoring system into shape for tomorrow.
0: This week on the Fraser River, we've been targeting dinosaurs, and I mean big sturgeon. And if I'm going after sturgeon, I need good, strong reels. So I'm going with the Akuma Makira reel. It's a two-speed, good line capacity. That's actually a if nice reel. That fish reel. runs down river, and plus it's mighty strong. I'm gonna load that reel with Seaguar and 80-pound braid, and I'm gonna fill that all the way because I need that line if that fish runs down river. These fish have really sharp scoots on their sides, so you need to have that heavy leader Plus, you're a lot of snags in the water. So, 100-pound Seaguar fluorocarbon leader. You don't need a long leader; just a, a short enough to uh, tag your hook onto it. To attach that stink bait onto the end of the line, we're using a Mustad big game live bait hook, and I'm using an 11-ot. It's a big hook. Now, this is a uh, barbless fishery, so we need to crush down those barbs. This is a great setup if you're chasing sturgeon on the Fraser
2: River. Check it out. Thanks. When we come back. The guys get their kayaks working and it's not long before they're battling fish from their small boats. <laughs> there you go. Yeah,
0: baby. I uh, saw so there was another comment here. Incredible experience. Yes. Especially, like I said, what, what some people don't always realize is like, it's one thing it's like to go after these big fish but when nobody else had really done it show you, you know and we we're having to Mustad. kind of figure it out Mustad
2: hooks stay sharper it, it added a, a definitely an element it's just the same Mustad's as great hooks
0: i guess like uh billfish and you know the guys in florida catch the sailfish a lot uh you know they're smaller sailfish um but now it's like if somebody catches a marlin off of a kayak it barely gets any notice you know but when you're doing it because it's been done so much now but yeah when we were doing it at the very beginning i mean it was just because we didn't know how to handle the fish i had never caught marlin off of a boat let alone a kayak <laughs> and you know every marlin i've dealt with has been on a kayak
1: and i think we get numb to it too like i mean i've i've, I've always used I mean, whenever i talk to someone about what i do if they don't understand kayak fishing i always use you know, snowboarding as the equation that it's the, the hip and trendy thing to do It's you know, competition kind of, you know, it helped accelerate it. But like, if you watch some old Travis Rice stuff from 10 years ago, just you're like tiny, you know, like that jump was small that, that you watch. Right. Some of, you know, you look at a 10 pound bass on Instagram, just because you see it 10,000 times a day. You're like, next, next. You just, that it doesn't have that emphasis or what it used to and what it should that you're like, you just got 130 pound tarpon from a kayak like that used to be like, you know, the pinnacle of the sport now with just the amount of media that we absorb on a day to day basis. We're like, oh, cool. It's a tarpon from a kayak. We're like, ah, you know, it's going to move on. So I, right. just, I don't know what the next evolution is past that. But I mean, that's part of trailblazing, you know, like that's uh, it's, it's it's so it's different. I actually I, I
0: sort of kind of the same sort of thing. I saw a video Tony Hawk posted a video the other day of him in a street skate competition and i mean the tricks he was doing a, a five-year-old is doing them now you I know mean, I,
1: I was in person i mean i was literally at the x games in san francisco in 99 when he laid down the first 900 in a in the, the vert that i mean it was dope it was wild in person um but nowadays you're like i think a guy on a different snowboard i know different but like he threw down like a 2140 or something crazy like that the other day like you know, we're for the, the nines competition. Like, is this get numb to what's been done? And then we're branching a whole different level. So every sport, there's the progression, every sport, there's the, you know, especially extreme sports or fishing. Like, it's just we we consume so much content right now as just a society that you, you get numb to it, you know? And yeah, so, maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you're in that position, I mean, like I have I don't even touch what you've ever done in your life. Like I, I, I don't even get to the first little bit of, you know, a tarpon or whatever, but like, I, I don't remember that one hour of my entire life. Cause the only tarpon I've ever caught because of just the sheer volume and fight that that fish had. So watching an episode like this, like I, I'm about to, about to spark up some you know idaho contacts to see who i can find that <laughs> i know steve was on here you know i know some other guys you know and there was a good canada crowd on here tonight that i don't know how far they're well I think most well, of them are east coast but
0: I, I will i will say this that though we become a little jaded to it and numb to it if you will when you sit in that kayak and that fish is near you you're no longer numb
2: <laughs> oh yeah
1: no and, and, that, and that's the difference of like i remember you know i mean i've don't know. i been kayak fishing for i don't know maybe 13 years now but like most of the the original content you shoot you know grant even might be like a, a tournament winning fish and you're like this thing looks really small on camera with being a bass you know you're like this isn't respectable, you know, of, of being put on the internet because you're like, this fish looks so small on camera, you know, that uh, they always look smaller on my camera. That in person, you just get in that blackout, that white zone, that you're just, you know, you're thinking about nothing but fighting that fish and keeping it, you know, especially with that trident in this episode of keeping it, you know, between 1 and, one, one and you know, 11 o'clock, so you're not going to tip that boat. But, like, in the moment, you're not thinking nothing else. But, yeah, you watch it on camera, or at least for me, I'm like, mm, I don't think anyone needs to see this bass or they don't need to see this. <laughs> But if you're fighting that hundred pound plus fish, you're gonna feel it, you know, in person. No, you know, but, like you said, know. you are no longer numb to it at all.
0: No. Um, and you know, it's it's exciting every every single time. And Marlin, man, you got a fish with a three-foot spear on the end of its face. It's sketchy every single time. <laughs> every single time.
2: At mustadfishing.com. This week, Jim Sammons and Paul Harwood are putting their kayak fishing skills to the test by catching massive white sturgeon in the fast flowing waters of the Fraser River
1: what's your go-to uh fish and snack like what do you like on the water like what do you like to munch on
2: quick release anchor system
1: I make my my own I make my own own jerky do you ever do any like I don't know know if it's fat enough but like tuna jerky or like fish jerky is that a thing like I smoke
0: I smoke fish but I'm not a big fan of tuna the process jerky. of hooking sturgeon is slow and
1: uh, i'm just thinking of, like some type of fish type jerky of but i've,
2: I've not tried to I, I, I I bring, bring out
0: to I that's another in, favorite is bringing out chunks of smoked fish
2: that'd be
1: good
0: and sunflower seeds i love sunflower seeds
1: you get them already shucked or do you throw them in whole? hole Oh, a whole handful in the shell. I didn't want to Part of the process. put a whole
0: handful in my mouth at one time. <laughs> and I finally got one to stick, and he's tiny. Yeah, see, so I got the smallest one. But at least the uh, the skunk is off the boat. It's a baby. It's a little guy. Ooh, those are sharp.
1: That's still a cool fish. That is still such a crazy cool fish. fish. This they, time,
0: their anchoring they're system is holding so up weird. under pressure. I, the way it's that, the that mouth comes out. their
2: fingers and hope for
1: a big fish to bite. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it was from Josh Dolan on that on his recent trip, maybe with Steve, I don't know if he was on, but it's this, it's this GoPro image where they cast this GoPro out and the GoPro I, literally sinks down and you see this giant sturgeon slither by. It was, it was single-handedly one of the coolest pieces of content I've ever seen in my entire client. life. I feel like I accounted for a thousand they views on that because screen. I <laughs> kept watching it over and over fish, and over again because it was so cool. Uh,
0: Josh is putting out some cool stuff.
1: Just that—that that crazy because it was a 360 camera and that big hook with that giant rod, and it just the flows down right into giant sturgeon. It was just so incredibly cool. More than enough to
2: battle the current and these huge fish. one of the reasons why we could work Oh, and this is the big one
1: that's awesome that's so incredibly cool right <laughs> there, there
0: i've fished a lot of fishing rods over the years but being able to fish with x rods this year was a real joy these handcrafted rods Oh, I love my X, rod, X rods, and that guy dropped off the face of the earth. I ear. was like, I I've remember. never heard
1: of it. Are they still in business? <laughs> no.
0: Um, I love that rod. It's a great tarpon rod. And I had uh, a couple of them, and uh, TSA, broke, TSA broke my last one. And that's
1: what I was going to ask. I was like, Do you have them, or did they get broken in transit? Because we've talked about I, I, that. I, think, I still have times. them in my. I still have them in the
0: my great 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 garage, X-Rod's but they're X-Rod's they're not products. usable
1: someone. I don't know if you can fix the tip or they're just shot because they're seems to be so precision based. They're way out of kilter now. Look at that massive fish. That's incredible. That's awesome. Was that the biggest one? I guess if you said it was a two part, was that the biggest strategy of the month? That is
0: the biggest one. the
2: beast swims
0: away. Admittedly, that one was hooked from the boat and handed off to Paul. It has got to be one of the biggest once and again, again i Jim mean he had never caught any big fish before from a kayak. but um they say it was the whole next week, next week the, or the next in episode we Further catch more and like i said it, it was all figuring it out how remote, to do it 100 percent out of the kayak
1: that's cool i mean
0: i think the biggest one i caught was like eight feet and that was 100 from the kayak brought it to shore did that same photo thing um get that stopped so i don't have the
1: music in my head i mean what do you for sturgeon is that something you would say tomorrow if someone was like you know your shoulders healed you're good if someone was like we got a sturgeon opportunity is that something you would jump on or you're like yeah "Ah, i prefer some billfish or some tarpon
0: well admittedly
1: Tuna. You want the tuna? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I admittedly, tuna. admittedly, uh, tropical waters are more appealing to me than the yeah. cold waters, and that was cold yeah. ass water
1: up a little there. A bit of pain and suffering.
0: But uh, no, I, I mean, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, let's see, Brandon. Uh, these fish are huge It's crazy. You catch them on a kayak. Yeah, super fun. Um, that was my shot. I built that camera. Right oh, there, there
1: we go that was that was one of the coolest shots I've ever seen like pieces of content oh I okay over okay. and over again it was I couldn't fathom it in my brain of how far that was casted and just coming down into that into that sturgeon you know whether it was a pocket or an eddy what was creating that you know uh concentration of fish but yeah they'll sit in a hole absolutely insane like like that's something that Instagram reels should just that should be the video that they show every single time. <laughs> I think I saw
0: it. I don't remember it 100, but I know Joe Josh has put out some really. It good was stuff. wild. And apparently, it's, Steve uh, built it. That's
1: awesome. Get the, the golf clap for that because it was it <laughs> was the coolest piece of content that I've ever seen. That there's no I don't, I don't even have anything that can relate to that. Like there's something so I don't know primal about being able to just cast right into a pocket of fish. Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, i don't care it's not gonna it's it, not gonna it, it's, it's whatever, not gonna change whatever. my opinion it, on it, it that, but that, it was damn super cool. cool it was, whether, that,
0: whether it's a one one shot yeah. or not that that's awesome It was cool. um what's it say uh we catch smaller <laughs> lake sturgeon in alberta sometimes but those white sturgeon are a whole never level and like i said and I, and I don't know maybe in the next next episode it'll show up it, we ran the jet boat way up river one day and just to see where how far up we could go before it actually hit some rapids and all that and these massive, massive whirlpools. I mean, just, they were scary. It, it just crazy, crazy amount of water and super cool. So this episode has gone super long. So we're going to cut it off here pretty quick here. But we're going to still, one more time, bring this up. Because we want you to have an opportunity to win the Yak Attack Black Pack Pro in the big version, the 16x16, which is going to be available really soon. Um, but in order to win that, whether you're watching live or watching on a replay, share the video with your friends and then comment, hashtag, I shared it. And then you will be entered to win. And we will do that drawing tomorrow, uh, probably around two o'clock tomorrow. Um, so you have a chance, plenty of time, whether you're watching it live, watching it later, uh, to enter it and, brandon frizzle did the last hashtag i shared it for the live episode uh thank you guys all so much for watching i really appreciate it john that was super fun oh, yeah. uh, i'm so glad you were able to make it on here today and i appreciate you guys uh donating a black pack to one of our viewers oh, and, It was very fun um,
1: and then we'll basically we'll ship it on monday so basically we'll ship it before it's live to purchase so you know, we, we started building kind of the, the creation of the foundation of our mountain of, of 16 by 16 packs we're building starting the day. So it's only going to continue through the weekend and on Monday, kind of building up to that that 520, uh, that launch date at 12.01 a.m. on um, the 20th. So I'll and be ready course, to make it live.
0: You can see all the great stuff from Tech Yachtack at com or .us um is it still do, you, do these guys still have dot us yeah either way
1: yeah we we yeah. we went with us originally we ended up buying .com back from someone but but uh yeah they both redirect so we're good there you them. go
0: so um i like said if you're looking for any product and i'm sure the next time there's something new coming out we'll have john back on again because they're always coming out with something new you know we teased a little about uh they're looking at uh uh conveyance for the kayaks um and uh, i'm sure we're gonna want to talk about that oh, yeah. and uh yeah and uh, you guys have been you guys have been helping me rig up my blue sky and of course i'm gonna have to talk to you about some rigging for my new uh,
1: NAR once i get that oh yeah
2: and so, even more, uh, i think this might replace your black
1: pack in your sprinter van as well because i mean there might be some more opportunities for some storage and some organization so yeah um, that one might be cool for the sprinter van um, and then down the road, um, we'll figure some stuff out, but, um, but yeah, you've got some cool opportunities and, you know, we got the, the kayak cart coming down the road, but I think we'll, maybe we'll have another, uh, session come, you know, ICAST time frame. So, oh, that's right. We got a a iCast later. Gonna, so. You
0: guys going to be at ICAST this we, year? We did.
1: We will. We booked it officially. It would be. The, maybe the second trade show I've done in four years. You no, know, <laughs> right. Post COVID times. Sure, so, feels like um, that, doesn't it? It's been a while, but yeah, we will totally. We booked a, a pretty giant booth down at ICAST this year. So, um, if you're in Orlando, let's let's hang out. Let's. Um, I'm gonna have
0: to gonna have to figure it out. Make sure I go again this year. Um, yeah. Got some stuff to figure out. (laughs) All right, John, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll check in with you soon and I'll let you know who our winner is. For sure. All right. it out. Thanks, man. Take care. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks everybody for sticking around for that long show. But I know there was a lot of good information on the black pack at the beginning. And then I still wanted to air the episode again. We'll have part two of this episode. Um, next thursday of course i'll be here on tuesday as well um showing an episode of the jackson kayak here so thank you all so much for being here again make sure you share and do that comment so you're eligible to win that black pack if you are going out on the water please remember always wear your pfd and keep your paddle right side up y'all take care